Hey everybody, welcome to Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Hoffman. I'm so glad you've stopped by. I am on my own. I'm flying solo today for today's episode. Justin is off in a ministry that he has started where he actually goes into uh, social media groups where he speaks and shares the gospel of Jesus to atheists. That's right. It is. It's a wonderful ministry that he started. It is very taxing, though. It is very um, soul crushing in a way because these atheists are lost. They're misinformed. They're misguided. They're hateful, hateful, hateful people. And the things that they write and the things that they say are just atrocious. I am so shocked when he reads some of the things that they have said to him. I, I mean, I can't even repeat them. It's so bad. So please keep these people, you know, unbelievers, people who are lost, people who need to know Jesus, please keep them in your prayers. And also please keep Justin in your prayers because like I said, this is a um a ministry that is 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 a hard one. It's not where he can just go and and you know hand food to people who are who are hungry. This is where he's he's getting a lot of hatred thrown at him. And these are people who are under uh, demonic influences, demonic um, spirits that have attached themselves to these people, uh, and and Justin's feeling it. So please keep him in your prayers. Lift him up in your prayers, please. Um, and just I I've often said that I think Justin is a bit of a modern day Paul. You know when Paul was um, back in his day, he was actually, he hated Christians and he persecuted them. He put a lot of Christians to death. Um, but when he had that come to Jesus moment on the road to Damascus, where he, he saw Jesus, um, everything changed for him. And he gave up his atheistic ways. He, he turned from, you know, not believing to actually believing in Jesus so much so that the very people he condemned, he went into their, their dens and went into their their homes preaching the gospel of Jesus, you know, sharing and, and learning about Jesus and the gospel. And um that's what I think Justin is. He's the modern day Paul. He's going into these these wolf dens, these lion dens, and spreading the the gospel of Jesus. And it's only by the grace of the Holy Spirit that is keeping these people at bay. And and when they're asking for proof, proof of God's existence, um, you know, Justin has said, you know, what kind of proof are you looking for? Because your interpretation of proof and mine are two different things. And they're like, well, then show me scientific proof. And Justin has, we have together found that, you know, coded in our DNA, there is a sequence, um, there's sequences of numbers that actually spell out when you code them and you line up all the letters, actually the Lord's name is written in our DNA. And I think that's amazing because with any, anything that we do, you know, any, you know, painting we paint or sculpture we make, or usually the artist signs his work. And I think that's incredible because that's exactly what God has done with us. We are his masterpieces, uh, his creation. So it would only stand to reason that he would put his signature in our DNA, coded in our DNA. I mean, how awesome is that? Sorry, I just needed a sip of water. It is very hot today. It is high 30s and it's suffocatingly hot. Anyway, so that's that's what Justin is doing. That's what uh, has been going on. So yes, please keep him in your prayers. So before I continue, I just want to turn this entire podcast over to the Lord for his blessing and approval. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I humbly come before you asking you to 
Give me the correct words to say that are going to please you, Lord, so that this message gets to those that need to hear it. Let it be an encouragement to them. Let it bring wisdom to their ears and to their, their spirits. Lord, I ask that you fellowship with us. You join us as we, we take time to learn about you and we delve in, and get into your word. And Lord, I just ask you to uh, spread this message to where it needs to go. Uh, for your, your namesake, I give you all the praise and the glory, Lord, in your precious and beautiful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, so I am drinking, other than ice cold water, I am also drinking a really good maple coffee. And let me tell you, when I say it's good, it is fantastic. It has to be one of my top four uh, favorite coffees. I have, uh, my top four would be vanilla biscotti. That's really good. Um, Highland grog has a slight maple taste to it, but it's very oaky, if that makes sense, if you throw that in there. It's very, very good. Um, then I like, um, there's a chai latte coffee Megan got, and then there's this one, this maple coffee, and it is fantastic. It's so delicious. Anyway, so that's what I'm drinking. I hope you have a hot coffee, a hot beverage, as well as a cold glass of water. You have a comfy seat and you can join me as we delve into today's episode, which is on death, soul sleep, near-death experiences, all those lovely things that happen when we die. And that's what we're going to get into. And the reason I'm getting into this specific topic is I had a sister in Christ reach out to me saying, you know, I've listened to a few of your podcasts, but I didn't see anything on this particular subject. Can you do one for me, please? So that is why I am doing this. This one is for her. I'm not going to give out names because of uh, confidentiality reasons, but this one is for her. Okay, so let me just start off that when people have... um when people die and they go to funerals, and oftentimes people will hear, you know, absent from the body is present with the Lord. Now, I think it's really important that a lot of people take into consideration that when you delve into scripture, it's important not to just read the one scripture. It's important to get a proper context of the before and the after verses to that specific scripture you're reading. Now, I believe, and this is my interpretation, that when you're when the, when the scripture says that you're absent from the body, you're present from the Lord. And people think, okay, so when somebody dies, they're not here, they're up in heaven and they're, they're with Jesus and they're with family and they're, you know, they've, they're surrounded by light and goodness. And, you know, then you, you, on the flip side, you have somebody who's done something very heinous, very bad. They're a very bad person. They've done very bad things while they've been on earth and you, you hear, you know, they're in hell right now. Good. I'm glad they are. Neither one of those two things have happened yet. What? <laughs> I can hear it now. That's true. That's absolutely true that nobody is either in heaven or hell yet. So when you take that Bible verse that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When you die, there are so many different scriptures. See, a lot of people take that one scripture, absent from the body, present from the Lord, and that's it. That's their go-to verse that, you know, my mom who died, she's in heaven right now. And my sister, when she had leukemia and she died and she's in heaven right now, they take that one verse and throw it in there. And I believe it's a comforting verse. I believe it brings a lot of comfort for, for people. But there's more verses that say otherwise. And it's because that one verse is taken at a context. 
and I'll tell you why. When you die, the Bible talks about being asleep. It talks about sleeping in the ground, about being, um, I'm just getting my, <laughs> getting my notes here. Um, it's talking about, you know, um, there was two people, a husband and a wife, and it talks about, I'm trying to think of their names as I'm <laughs> going through my list here. Um, when they, the husband and the wife, he stole and didn't say anything. And because of his deception and his thievery, uh, he died. And when he died, the Bible actually talks about him sleeping. Now his wife, when they questioned her, she continued to lie. She didn't admit to, you know, oh yes, we did take the money and, and yes, we did hide it. And, uh, we're very deceptive and very, you know, uh, untrustworthy people. She didn't admit to anything. And they actually caught her continuing this lie. And the Bible says that she died and she fell asleep. And it doesn't actually say she died. It says she fell asleep. She fell down and she fell asleep in the dirt. And there's so many other scriptures talking about, you know, when you die, falling asleep. Um, give me two seconds here. I'm going to find that verse. Okay. So I've got my verses. <laughs> I should have been a little more prepared, but anyways, so in first Thessalonians four, verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, it talks about sleeping and it says, but I would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning them, which are asleep that ye sorrow, not even as others, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Okay, so I just want to say that that talks very clearly about being asleep. And he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't. I want you to know what's going on. Don't sorrow. Don't have, you know, deep sadness for somebody who, who has passed away, who is dead. They are asleep. Because if we believe in Jesus died and rose again, then we have to have faith and believe that those who are sleeping in Jesus, God will bring them with him when, when with Jesus when we go up to the air. I think that's incredible. Now, in First uh, Corinthians, I believe it is, uh, chapter 15, verse 50, uh, 51, 52, it says, Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit cor incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise uncorruptible, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Okay. So again, it's saying, you know, not all of us will be asleep. So not all of us will be dead when Jesus comes back and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet will sound and the dead will rise. Well, where are they rising from? Like they're, they're not just <laughs> laying away. They're, they're asleep in the graves. I think you know, if I were to take one step further, 
<clears throat> the example. There's a story of a little boy named Colton who died, and whilst he was in heaven, he spoke to Jesus and met his baby sister who had died through a miscarriage that their mother had had years before Colton was ever born. Um, and this this actually turned into a movie and, and I believe a book. Uh, when Colton was brought back, he told his parents of his experience and the knowledge of things that he would not have otherwise known. I mean, it baffled his parents. They were like, what? <laughs> I mean, how did you know this? There's no way he could have known this. He wasn't even born yet. However, as born again believers, we have to discern God's truth from fables. And yes, this story, this story is fake. And I have had a lot of believers get very, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um aggressive in their stance saying, this is real. This is so real. And if you don't agree with it, then you could take your, yourself off my friends list. It's like, whoa, like that's a dogmatic attitude. Take it down a notch there, hun. Like rein it in. Colton is a boy and, and children are susceptible to being prompted. They are. This, this little boy, Colton, who had this, this, what I'd like to say as a, what, I guess people say is a vision or some sort of, you know, encounter with Jesus. That's, that's total bunk. You know, kids are like sponges. And at times during stressful situations, children have a way of parroting things that they've heard. I mean, they are a product of their environment. I mean, how many times have you had a child, you've stubbed your toe, you've accidentally said a very bad curse word and kids, they will say it, they will parrot it. They will say it back. Now, if you are not with them and they've heard it and then they repeat it. Of course, you know, many times people, parents laugh at that and, and, you know, it can be funny for, for a split second until they say it again and again and again and again. The story that I'm telling you is about this four-year-old Nebraska boy uh, who is actually the son of a pastor. Now, before I continue on, let me just say this, that Satan hates believers. Absolutely hates us. As followers of Jesus Christ, the history we have, we have a bullseye on our back from the enemy. So it would make total sense that the enemy would target this family. One, because he's the son of a pastor, which God, which is God's appointed um, man of God. And two, because it's the child of a godly man. So when Colton was dead and on the table, he didn't actually see his father praying in the waiting room like the, the actual movie says, and he didn't see the doctor working on him. The enemy saw this, and it was the enemy that related back to Colton, who is, like I said, a little sponge, and his brain soaked it up, and he parroted it as truth. I mean, how many of us have heard Satan tell us garbage? As much as I absolutely hate to admit it, and I do, but it happens to all of us. He's spoken to me a time or two and told me lies that I've believed, told me things I wouldn't have known if it weren't for his whisperings. I have a background in witchcraft. I do. I used to do mediumship. I used to do channeling for people with a hundred percent accuracy. I could walk in a place and I could feel the, the evilness or I could feel good. Um, and I could tell you where and how that, that feeling was coming from. I could tell you what they look like. I could tell you what they sounded like. I could tell you how they died with a hundred percent accuracy. And I've done it so many times. Just a sip of water. Anyway, so that's, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, so I have done that. And I have heard these spirits speaking to me. Now, I don't say ghosts because I don't believe in ghosts. I believe what these these entities are are demonically 
charged apparitions that look like lost, sorry, late loved ones, late, you know, friends and family and so forth. They take on the appearance so that they can, you know, uh, convince people and, and, you know, they're dressed up in orbs of light. Satan was, you know, the, the light bearer of, of heaven, you know, so it only makes sense that he, he himself would, you know, have this embodiment of, of light. It's used to trick people. It is. So here you have this little boy who's talking about dying, you know, and there's been many, many stories of near death experiences where people tell, you know, when they've woken up, you know, I've seen Jesus or I've been to heaven or, you know, I spent 23 days, 23 minutes in hell or I spent an hour in hell or, you know, I was face to face with Satan. And it's like, you know, these are all great stories. Do I, do I believe them? Not all of them. Not all of them. I mean, the Bible was left for, um, for us to discern right from wrong, from truth to fable excuse me, and the Holy Spirit was actually left to guide us, to aid us, to help us, to educate us. So when I hear stories like this, and yes, I apply the Bible to everything. So when I hear stories like this about a child who has gone to heaven, uh, I, I, I say no, <laughs> I don't agree with it because the Bible says otherwise. People just don't go to heaven. Heaven is not going on right now. You know, nobody's in heaven and nobody is in hell. Hell is not burning right now. Contrary to what people think, they're like, oh, you know, you know, he's burning in hell and, and you know, that my mom's in heaven. And that is not the case. It's not. And I tell you why, because you have two P and I've said this before in, in, in another um, podcast that I've done that you have a man who's committed adultery, you know, years and years, you know, back in Jesus day, he's committed adultery and he's a bad man and he's gone to hell. And then you've got in now's day and age, a man who's done the same thing, committed adultery many times, and he's a very bad man. Why is it that the man, this, both two men have done the exact same crime, but one has to suffer millennia longer to like I'm talking about 2000 years, a thousand years. Why is that? Because it's, it's not happening now. It is not burning. No one is in hell right now. Malachi four, verse one and three talks about this. And it says, for behold, the day is coming. It's coming. It's not here. It's coming. Burning like an oven and all the proud, yes, elude wickedly shall be as stubble. And the day that is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that shall leave them neither root nor branch. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Another place that the Bible mentions this is in Psalms 37, verses 10 and 11. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look diligently for his place, but it shall be no more. And it says here, a little while. It doesn't say now. It says in a little while. Many people ask, are these people suffering in hell right now? And Job 21, verse 30 and 32 gives us a picture about hell and when its fires will burn. Job says, for the wicked are reserved, he word reserved, for the day of doom. They shall be brought out of the day of wrath. This text, along with 2 Peter 3, verse 7, shows that hell is not burning now, but at some date reserved in the future, the wicked are will be handled. They will be brought forth from their graves on the day of the wrath. 
<clears throat> John 5, verse 28 and 29 also conveys the same message. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Again, and again, I got to say this, it outlines that the hour is coming in the future, but it's not yet. When the final condemnation and destruction happens, you will, <laughs> it will happen. Trust me, but it's not yet going on. You can rest assured that right now at this very moment, not one person is burning in hell. And again, you know, you've heard stories of uh, Bill Weiss. He's another one that talks about, you know, he spent 23 minutes in hell. This is someone who wrote a book and he now do, does these little tours all over where he gives these little speeches on what it was like in his 23 minutes, but it's actually his book he's reading. It's not a, a, he didn't actually go there. And I tell you why, again, you need to use the Bible to, to discern right from wrong, from fable, from fact. And I, let me just fill this in for you. In his message, Bill Weiss talks about how he went to get, uh, um, a drink of water. And while he was up and about in his kitchen, he was yanked out of his body and he was thrown down into a dungeon cell in hell. And whilst he was down there, he talks about how dark it was. And, and I agree with that. Yes, the Bible talks about it being dark. And yes, he said there is no air. And yet there were passages he was rightly, you know, referencing scripture to point out what he was saying. However, this is where he go, kind of go, jumps off the track and goes off the rails because he talks about whilst he was in hell, demons came with their long, sharp claws and their, their gross and demonic features, and they were torturing him. They were ripping out, you know, chunks of his flesh and they were, they were, he was in terrible pain. And I just got to say, that is incorrect. <laughs> That's wrong. Hell is not where Satan resides. It's not his home. It's not his kingdom. It's not where he comes and goes as he pleases with his fallen angels. It's not. Hell will be, Satan will be hell's first prisoner. Okay. Him and his fallen angels will be in hell being tormented, not being the ones doing the tormenting. So when this man, Bill Weiss is talking about, you know, um, his 23 minutes in hell and how he was, you know, tortured by these demons and, and torn apart. And he had no, um, he was so thirsty. His mouth was dry, but there's no, uh, there's no liquid. There's no moisture. There's no, like that was right. But this whole passage that he's talking about, you know, being tortured by these demons, that's incorrect. Now, if you're going to say something incorrect, when you're telling a story, it makes the whole story questionable. And so that's what it did for me. And if you ever watch Bill Weiss talk about his 23 minutes in hell, he talks very quickly like this and he's throwing around John 14, blah, 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 and he's, he's talking very fast and he's throwing a lot of scripture out. So unless you're, you have discernment from the, um, the Holy Spirit to discern of spirits, then you would, you would pick up on these things and know that what he's doing is very inaccurate. It's not biblically correct. And he's, he's spreading a false gospel because hell is not burning now and demons are not doing the torturing. Okay. So I guess when it comes to people who have these near death experiences, they're not because nobody is, nobody's going to heaven and nobody's going to hell. That's not something that's happening right now. People, when they die, they are asleep in the grave. And when it, 
going back to the original scripture that I had quoted where it says, absent from the body is present with the Lord. You are not absent from the body yet. You're not. Now, I tell you this, when you die, your physical body dies. You stop breathing, your, your heart stops beating. Um, you are clinically, in all case, tense and purposes, dead physically. But spiritually, your spirit is still there. It hasn't left. It hasn't gone with the light. It hasn't, none of that. You are still spiritually there, sleeping, spiritually sleeping. Until Jesus comes, the trumpet is sounded, and we are awakened from our bodies at that state. Then we are taken spiritually, taken from our bodies. We are no longer with our bodies because we are present with the Lord. That is what the scripture means. So we need to be diligent in reading our Bible. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, even before we've opened it, help me, help me, Holy Spirit, understand what I'm reading. Give me wisdom. Give me comprehension. Help me with discernment. I ask you to open my eyes to new revelations that you want me to know. Justin has read the Bible cover to cover, but there's still things that he reads now that it was like, I didn't even know that was in there. And it's like, you're not meant to know everything in the Bible. Nobody is meant to know everything about the Bible. You're meant to know things when you are meant to know and not a second beforehand. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes and open your mind and your spirit to absorb something when he wants you to know something. That's why it's so important for believers to help sharpen each other's irons, to be in the word, because what I've picked up, you know, in the Bible, you might not have. So I'm able to share that with you. I'm able to impart that with you. And things that you've read that the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to, you can then open my eyes to. And that's the giving and the taking. That is the receiving and the the sharing the Bible and the gospel with people. Now, again, you have to be careful because there's a lot of fake, you know, um, false teachers out there. There's a lot of people who just willy-nilly and, you know, cherry-pick the Bible and, and say what they will. That's why you have to be in the Word. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You have to ask Him to, to lead you because what student can open a textbook in, in school and just learn? I mean, some people can. Not everybody can. Um, and that's why it's important to have a teacher. That's the Holy Spirit. He was left here to correct us, to teach us, to lead us, to help us, to, um, to protect us, to, uh, just, he was, he's, he was left here for so many reasons. Use him, monopolize him while he's here. That's what he's here for. Reach out to him. You don't have to make some great big, you know, grand prayer where it's, thou will, you know, and I've heard those prayers too from people. They're like, thou will ask for the, no, that's not a prayer. That's, that's a theatrical performance. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. He wants you to lay down your issues, your problems at the foot of the cross and pray. Like if you have an issue with, with the loved one, lay them at the foot of the cross, plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help you, to help you endure, to help give you insight, perseverance, courage, bravery, strength, insight. Ask him. He will, if you ask him for anything in the name of Jesus Christ, he will help you. He will help you. He's not about to turn his back on you. 
when you're asking for help to know him more. It's when you don't know him, when you don't want a relationship with him, that at some point along the way, he's like, you know what? This person just will not change. They will not, they will not see the truth. They don't want to know the truth. They, their hearts are so hardened, despite all the attempts I've tried to make by putting certain people in their path, by having certain people try to share the gospel with them. At some point, they've made their choice. And I, and this is God speaking, not speaking, but God saying, you know, at some point in his Bible, it says at some point, I just have to say enough. And I put a great delusion over their eyes and to, because they're not going to believe in anyways. Even if I had to put the delusion over their eyes, they're not going to. And they don't. And that's what Justin is facing now. He is, you know, speaking to all these atheists and they are, they're just, my gracious, the things like, and even I've tried at one point going up against a couple of them and they don't want proof. And the second that you, you offer some sort of proof, like I said, you know, when Justin asked, what kind of proof do you want? And this guy said, well, scientific. And Justin gave him scientific proof or scientists did find, you know, uh, a sequence in the DNA that ha that spells out God's name. And you present that to these atheists and they, they stop talking or they, they're just so ignorant and, and rude and disgusting. I mean, they're just so terrible. They're past the point. They have made their decision and God is honoring it at this point. You know, you want nothing to do with me, then I will honor your choice because he is a gentleman. He's not about to force anything on you. That's, that's the MO of Satan. Satan's MO is to do that. So beloved, that is today's podcast about, you know, just using your Bible, you know, using the Holy Spirit, discerning right from wrong, you know, looking into things. Don't take anything for face value. You know, God gave you a brain, use it, you know, use it. Don't just believe what anything, anything that everybody is saying. Cause you know, a lot of people say a lot of garbage and that can get you, you know, in a lot of hot water. Okay, my darlings. So that is my podcast. If you have an idea, if you have, you know, prayer requests, if you want to know more about Jesus Christ, I encourage you to reach out to either Justin and I. We are on Facebook, Justin Hoffman and myself, Allison Hoffman on uh, Facebook, our messengers. If you message us, we'll get those messages. If you would prefer to email us, it's BibleCoffeeTalk.com. Uh, so B-I-B- L-E-C-A-W-F-E-E-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us there. Um, if you have, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you would like to, and you don't have a Bible, message me, message Justin, and we will send out a free King James Version Bible to you so that you know more about Jesus. If you don't want the big heavy book, um, download the app. There are so many great King James Version Bible apps on um, the Play Store, um, the Apple Store, whatever. You can download those. And uh, yeah, so that's my podcast. Going solo today. Uh, next time you will hear from Justin and I, we will probably do uh, part two on our um, rock and roll, you know, uh, I forget what that one was called, but there was, there's part two to that one. So be on the lookout for that one. Okay, guys, you take care. And until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you and love you. Bye for now.